and I think a lot of it comes down to being savvy, financially stable, and you can support yourself, and you're willing to sacrifice. Believe in yourself too. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, it's Bernadette Jansen. And before we get into this episode, I need to remind you that the information in this podcast is general in nature and opinion only. It should not be taken as personal advice. There are significant risks with buying and renovating property and you should maximize your profit potential and minimize your risk by seeking independent advice that relates to your personal circumstances through your own financial planner, accountant, and any other professionals that you are working with. The examples in this podcast are for illustrative purposes only. Hello, it's Bernadette Jansen back with She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to create an income and a life they love through renovating. I'm back today and once again I have a special guest in Kathleen Friedrich. A little time ago you would have heard Kathleen talking about her experience as a renovator on TV. Well, today we're just going to talk about her renovator, the life she's created for herself with that. As I've mentioned before, she does very beautiful renovations and they have a point of difference that I'm hoping that she will talk about today. And so, welcome Kathleen. Thank you, Bernadette. It's a pleasure to always come and chat with you. Thank you. So let's start with sort of where the story began in terms of your renovating and property journey. What was the beginning? I think um, the beginning started like probably many of us, renovating little homes. Um, I was always interested in buying properties along with having our family home and assisting people in renovating their houses. Started with friends and it's just grown from there to the point where probably a good eight years ago now, we decided that we both quit our full-time jobs, become full-time property flippers. And it's just been the best thing, now I look back on it, for both of us, for our health and our lifestyle. And it's just gotten better and better as time goes on. The property market's gone up and down, as we know, but I've grown with what I've always wanted to do and been able to mix my love of travelling to Indonesia and specific areas within Bali and having a keen eye in knowing how I'd like to style our home. Having had a retail store as well in homewares and was continually importing products from Bali, bringing them back, retailing them, selling them, always putting point of different homewares and product into our home. Uh, started with my sort of addiction to doors front doors <laughs> and um, we've had some beauties yes definitely have you know so I've sort of over the years become engrossed in what you first see when you come up to a home or even if you're sitting in the car out the front do I even want to go into that house you know I'm a big believer in first impressions once you've got them inside that house 
you've got to keep telling a story and you've got to sell to the emotion of that buyer. Um, so every single room in our home, I hope people gasp as they walk into that room. And to do that, we have to have a point of difference because every home that we used to go and have a look at did nothing for me and I wanted to renovate the house I was viewing at the time. Yeah, we've, we've been quite blessed, I suppose, because we've made good friends in Indonesia and supported their families and in turn they make wonderful furniture for us, beautiful lighting and additional furniture pieces that we incorporate into the homes and a lot of the time we actually include that in the house as well. In the sale of the in house. In the sale of the home, yeah. Mm. I'd say for a while there we were selling every home that we renovated fully furnished. Wow. And even right down to accessories in a bathroom. doesn't happen as much anymore at the moment, but there still are a lot of pieces that we do. So, yeah, we, we do have a lot of key pieces. And like I said, front doors is, is my obsession, I think. So when you're planning out a reno, so you plan it assuming that you're going to have a trip to Bali to fit it out. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. If, if the house was up for sale at the moment and we went out and we had a look at it tomorrow and it would take us under 10 minutes to know whether or not we wanted to go ahead with that home, we would then plan what we wanted and what we needed. If we put a deposit down on the home, quite often we will go over there and then order our stuff. So by the time we've settled, it's, it's arrived. arrived. Yeah. How long does it take to get a container out? Six weeks. Okay. Yep. As yep. long as you pick the right times that when they come, there are a few months of the year, generally towards Christmas, where it's not a very good time. It sits at the loading dock there in Sydney and yeah. it becomes costly. Yeah. And so what parts of the renovation do you import? We would have custom-made front doors made for, for every single reno that we do. We would bring back all feature lighting, whether it be wrought iron, beveled glass, handmade cane lighting, pretty much all the main rooms in the house. We would bring back feature tiles for the bathrooms and en-suites. Not all the tiles, the rest of them we would source here, but just feature tiles that are very expensive back here that are not so expensive there. We've got this thing at the moment, it might be a bit hard to describe verbally, but we've got this thing at the moment with teak slatting, something, I'm sort of pointing to something that we've burned it now, so teak slatting on the wall. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah. So we've been going through these stages where we're getting them, because Indonesia is teak orientated, so dressed all round. Yep. And we might get seven metres of it, knowing what we want to do with it. So we've done that for this particular house that we're working on at the moment. And I will say that I think that, you know, currently house rules did steal an idea that we were working on as well. Really? Things like that. So key feature pieces. And we've brought back sandstone, marble from Bali as well. Generally, your lighting and your dooring, your doors, and lots of furniture. Um, we might see a room and we say, this needs a dining room table in, for example, you know, a beautiful recycled teak three-metre table by one metre with a glass top as well. You could, you know, purchase over there for about $500. Wow. Ship it back here and it would land at about, 
$900. Wow. And leave it there, you know, so it's a key piece underneath the lighting the as well. The magnificent light. Yeah, yeah. Our belief is that we buy without emotion, but we sell with all of our emotions. So if I cannot sell to the buyer's emotion, I'm definitely not doing the right thing. You know, I mean, I've become obsessed with how it's styled and how it looks, and it has to look perfect. And I don't let anyone come. We used to let people come to all of our renos as we were progressing. Now we have parties when we've purchased it, and we have parties when, when we've finished, finished it. Yeah. And it makes for a better wow factor. Yeah, it's great. Look, I think everyone has to have a point of difference. You have to have your own style because, let's face it, you know, anyone can renovate a kitchen. We exactly. all know how to do that. We could go tomorrow and we could get all what we needed and we can whack it into that room and we can make any room a kitchen, but, you know, we have to make it that wow factor. And believe it or not, you can spend the cheapest amount, I think, you know, one of the cheapest amounts of kitchens that we did on a house in Sydney we spent just 12 grand on the kitchen, all up, appliances, the whole kit and caboodle, had an island bench of just under three metres long, very plain, laminex bench top, but it was simple but plain and clean, but it had three amazing wrought iron framed beveled glass all cut in all different directions that sent off this amazing light into the ceiling that no one gave two hoots about the kitchen. They were sold on the lighting. So um, that was the feedback from the real estate agent that, you know, they really didn't care less about the kitchen. They were just blown away by the lighting. So, And the lighting's each light was under $30. Yeah. And I'm a super savvy person when it comes to spending. My husband disagrees with that, but I'm super savvy when it comes to renovating purchases because just like those lights, you can make that wow factor. You don't have to spend a fortune. Not everyone can go to Bali, I'll give you that. Not everyone can import what they do, but that's what's saving me from going back and working for someone else. You're definitely living every potential renovator's dream in terms of making it your life. And that's the other thing, like as women, there's, I feel that there's this, it's sort of a bit of an extension of the nesting instinct. You want to create this beautiful home. And so to, to be able to do that as your job is an incredible privilege, really, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. And I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity to be able to do that. You know, otherwise, if we, many a times through that period, you know, we've looked at each other and gone, I think one of us is going to have to go back and get a job. And then we just, something good comes about. We get more than what we thought we would on the property and we think, no, we're okay. And, you know, we've held out. And I think, too, we're at a different time of our lives. Like, I meet lots of, lots of couples and lots of women and it's funny how, as soon as someone asks you what you do for a living and you say, I'm a full-time property flipper, they literally drop whatever they're doing. Exactly. And they just want to cuddle you <laughs> and not let you go because they just want to pick your brain. They want to live vicariously through you. Yeah, and they're just like, oh, my gosh, you're doing exactly what I want to do. Oh, I'm so jealous. You know, you think, are you? Are yeah. you really? You know, what do you do for a living now? Oh, no, I'm a nurse. And, 
my husband is an ambulance driver and this was a couple that stopped us in Bunnings about a week ago and said, oh, I remember you guys, blah, 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 blah. And we did a couple of things for Bunnings a couple of months ago on stairs and we did a little talk there at Bunnings in our local area and um, maybe that's where they knew us from. But they had two children, they were 10 and 12, and they wanted to both quit their jobs and become property flippers. And I said, they asked, you know, do I have any children? I think they expected me to say, oh, I've got a five-year-old and two-year-old. <laughs> I said, I have a daughter. She's 25. I said, we've done the stable parenting role. I was always there. Everything was done correctly. I said, but she's 25 and she's left the nest and she's moved on. And I take my hat off to people that can do it. You know, and then rush out and do the school run once they've just kicked in a brick wall or they've carted a staircase out. I don't think you're fully focused then, though. I think you're thinking, my gosh, you know, the kids, the dinner, the washing, there's too many things to distract you. So it might sound strange, but, you know, we just get up, renovate, stay focused. And if we're living, at the moment we're semi-living in the in the renovation that we're working on because it's keeping us away from where we're normally living in our family home. It's not somewhere where the average family would want to live. There, there is no kitchen there. There, yeah. there is no laundry there. Yeah. And I think you've also taken on a really hands-on role. But I renovated when our kids were little and it was what kept me at home. We had four. Like, we didn't have the sense to stop at one. That's not true. I love every one of them. For me, I just found that it was a sanity thing. Just yeah. having... But, of course, I... Well, actually, I did do a lot of DIY in those days, but not like you do. Yeah, um, I think we all we all did. But, you know, I mean, and along came the internet and everyone... Oh, God. Everyone just became a DIY renovator and look at how many shows are thrown at us I know yeah. you know they've actually made us a, a, a renovating state or exactly. a renovating country because ask anyone oh I did my kitchen I did it myself where yeah. years ago that just wasn't the case but there's such an incredible sense of satisfaction out of actually doing it yourself by doing it yourself I don't mean necessarily doing it yourself but just by taking control of that and absolutely and orchestrating me I agree Bernadette and there's also too you know I mean if, if that is your goal you small steps because property flipping is a big investment it's not like you can just go and purchase something here and there you've got to have the home or the property to be exactly. able to start. And, you know, most of the time, you're probably going to be living in it at the same time. And are you going to take a year to renovate it, pack the family up, move somewhere else, renovate, pack the family up? That's probably a doable thing if you get into that routine and you're okay with it yourself. But I've helped so many people renovate their homes not to sell just to, to live in. Just to live in. Mm. And they're almost divorcing each other. <laughs> and they're not doing any of the work because it's totally disrupting their whole family life. So I think, you know, you have to have a mindset just one step at a time. I mean, mm. try not to do everything all at once. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, and I think also it's a big thing, both of you being in it. Like if one's at work and the other one's running the project, 
there's a lot less pressure. Yeah, for sure. And also too, you know, I mean, if we, I say we, because my husband and I really are hands-on. Yeah. I mean, the only trade that we generally bring in is the plumber and the sparky and our beautiful little tilers that I wouldn't do without. You have to weigh up. How much does it cost to do the tiling myself? And how long does it take? There's no way in the world that I'd ever, ever have my tile, my husband tile ever again. We've found a great bunch of guys that do our tiling and we're so happy with them. He can be off doing other things that are more productive. And plus, tiling is such a backbreaking job. Oh my I've been so gosh. hard on knees. Oh my gosh, yeah. it really, really is, you know. And also too, you know, I mean, you have to have a professional job done. Exactly. So you're not, you know, this is not an arts and craft exercise. This is a professional job that you need to be able to make sure that you know what you're doing. I am married to a perfectionist and it is very frustrating because he doesn't like to outsource anything. He can do better than anybody. But he can, but it takes him longer. He has his skills and he stepped back a lot and... Um, you know, we also bring in, if we're going to gut a whole house, we just bring in some demo guys and just get them to gut it all. We used to do it all, but, you know, and they take it away and they don't fill up your $1,000 bin that you just pay for your 10 cubic meter and then leave. <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah. there's yeah. so many things that you have to take into consideration when being a full-time property flipper, and I think a lot of it comes down to being savvy, financially stable and you can support yourself and you're willing to sacrifice. Believe in yourself too. I think you really have to do that. You've got to believe in it and know that what you're doing is going to turn out the right way. And that comes from practice. Absolutely. Yeah. I always say to our people when they're talking about taking a step, I say you really need three things. You need money. Mm -hmm. You also need to build your muscle. Don't be learning on your first job that matters. Get a few under your belt before you go out. And the third thing is projects. You need deal flow. So do you find your own projects or do you use a buyer's agent? No, we find our own projects. We're our own little real estate agents ourselves. I mean, we have um, court, the web page. Court logic, sorry, yeah. So we have our own access to that yeah. so we pay for that monthly I generally, we generally just scour the areas know what we're looking for always try and find a property that's been on the market longer than what they want it to be we're always looking for the worst house in the best street we've got three areas that we don't go near anymore we don't buy on the main road anymore and we have done we've purchased you know on one of the busiest roads in Sydney mm, I remember that <laughs> Pennant Hills Road um, if you're in Sydney you know I mean there are things that we want we want to be able to find a home that we can add value to without going to council and without making serious structural changes to the property so if we can see that that four bedroom home can be turned into a five bedroom home by juggling a few rare areas in the house and if we can add another bathroom if it's already got two doesn't have a third we'd like to add a third if we can do that generally we can we know that within the first 10 minutes or so um, we can bring the inside outside and what it can do and we've gotten to the point now where we literally enter and leave and know how much it's probably going to cost us to do it perfect nobody can be fully sure we did a property if you're in Sydney in a suburb called Carlingford and it was riddled with termites, non-active termites, 
but they'd already done all the damage that they needed to do. So, yes, it had already had its inspections. Yes, we've done everything. But when you start to pull that house apart, you realise that this house should have fallen down. Yeah. You know. So that added another $35,000 yeah. onto something that we wouldn't have known about anyway. So to do that, we had to sacrifice a few things to try and stay within budget. Yeah, yeah, within budget. And you know, I mean, you always know not to overcapitalize, have faith in what you're doing, know your area. You know, we yeah. know our area really well. We know what people are looking for. And look, who doesn't love to walk into a house that's a, a, a turnkey situation that okay. you can just move your family into? So, I mean, that's pretty much what we do. It's like walking into a, a home world. Mm-hmm. And in you go. I'm inspired by lots of people, lots of women, like the three birds. Like, I really, I love what they do. They do. I love their tastes. I love everything about them. They're down-to-earth girls. They're also influencers in so many ways. And they've got a different strategic plan. And someone else has got another plan. So, small steps. And if I was definitely winding the clock back and looking to where I am now, to where we were, I probably would have gone out further out of Sydney and maybe purchased multiples Yeah, and took my time a little bit more and not focused on something bigger. Quick. Why is that? Given us the opportunity to try a few things before we put it all into the one okay. design. Yeah. Well, we did this in this little property and yeah. just to see how it was going. At one stage there, I did want to move out further out, but there wasn't enough margin in the homes. See, that's the trouble. Once you get out to where land is plentiful, mm-hmm. it does it erodes the margin renovating, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So, I mean, look, we stick with what we know. We generally try to achieve that quarter of a million above and beyond yeah. you know, the, the profit. 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 Yeah. 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 Um, the property market definitely just taken a dive for us in many, many of those homes, those two that we've come up with so far. But look, you know, small steps and don't overcapitalize. Be creative. Just think of one thing that you're going to wow someone from, you know, whether it be the front of the house, but it's definitely got to be before you get to the master bedroom. Yeah, exactly. You know, otherwise they're already on their way out. Yeah. Because they say that it takes someone looking at a home around about three minutes to subconsciously make the decision that it's the home for them. So that's why the... And yes, they do make that decision emotionally, but they also back it up with logic. So you can't have beautiful street appeal and then crap the rest of the way. So while it doesn't, yeah, you put all your energy into those first three minutes to make sure that's really on point, yeah. but the rest of it has to sort of be consistent. That's yeah. so true, yeah. So like I was saying before, Bernadette, that I believe that every time a potential buyer comes through our homes, I want to know that they are wowed by each room that they go into, that not just one room is, oh, that's cute, and then the rest yeah. of it's just plain, yeah. you know, so... I'm always hoping that they turn the corner and go, oh, have a few little surprises. Yeah, and like things that aren't a lot of outlay when it comes to being outdoors, whether it's winter time, like a little fire seat, all those little things, how to build an indoor-outdoor area. We've got it down pat now. It's almost like a bit of a cookie cutter, but 
everyone loves it. Yeah. Everyone loves it. And really, it's just an oversized window that turns into a servery. Not everyone can purchase homes. I understand that they, mm. they're in a market of maybe they've got the townhouses or the units. But, you know, you can always make that yours and have your style about exactly. it. And that's the other thing that I notice, particularly with the people I work with, once they've got a few renos under their belt, they've got a plan, it works, then it's sort of rinse and repeat. Absolutely. Yeah, Every is home is different. It is a bit of a cookie cutter, but it's different. Exactly. Yeah. In each way. You know, you might pull back something from the house you did five houses ago into another house, but it takes that long for that to happen. And I've learned as much as what I love buying things and collecting everything, I've learned that less is more and paint is your best friend. Oh, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Paint is definitely your best friend. As I was saying, we did this talk on internal stairs for Bunnings and last month they did a feature on internal stairs with both my husband and myself. Stairs, everyone just sort of walks past stairs, but there's so many things that you can do with them and it all comes down to paint. That's all it comes down to. People think, oh, rip that balustrade down. Once you've painted it, it's a completely different exactly. look again. Yeah. You know, what can you do underneath the stairs? Do you keep it open? Do you put a beach seat underneath that? Do you put cupboards on it? Leave what's ever there and just paint it. And you'd be surprised. And lighting, even if it's just LED downlights, lighting up a room makes a big difference to not having it there at all. I do feel blessed, and I have said it before, but it's great to do what you love because I might sound like I'm not being truthful, but I love getting out of bed in the morning and I go to bed every night and think about how it's all going to plan out. And it's not a stressful thinking in bed. It's more of a, I cannot wait to start on that project. Yeah. Sure, it can be um, a chore when it's when you're the labourer and it's just pretty boring, monotonous, but once the plan starts to happen, you really, I know that we both really get great pleasure out of seeing it come it's to life. incredibly satisfying. Yeah. So how many times do you go to Bali? We generally go there three times. So for this year, we've spent 40 days there this year. We've only just come back. And each time you bring a container back with you? Yes. Yeah. Filled a container. We've, we've been back now for about four weeks and our container is on its way, yeah. sitting somewhere. Yeah. Well, I thought we might change things up a bit now. So we are lovers of Airbnb. I think it's the most amazing gravy train of property at the moment. Mm. And I know that you're thinking about a venture in Bali. Let's talk about that. Sure, yeah. I'm a virgin when it comes to Airbnb in Sydney. Yeah, or anything to do with Airbnb. I've stayed in a lot of Airbnbs, but I've never gone down that process of taking that on. All the time that we've been going to Bali, I think my first trip to Bali was 1979 and I haven't stopped going there ever since then. The only thing I kick myself about going to Bali is, is that I should have kept up the language. When I first went, I had completed five years at school in Indonesian and I could fluently speak the language and it's I haven't used it enough which is such a shame. But each time we go, we've thought about purchasing a property in Indonesia. They're very different to us here in Australia. They'll never sell their land. So you can have a 99-year lease or a 50-year lease or a 10-year lease, but at the end of it, you hand it back. Mm. Or you can onward sell it in that time frame. 
but the land will always belong to the owner. Yeah. So we've been giving lots of thought, and this trip that we just recently did, we've gone and had a look at two properties over there in Bali, and we're pretty sure that what we're going to do is lease them for 12 months, and they're pretty run down. They're about 15 minutes out of if anyone's been to Bali, Seminyak. Has um, anyone been to Bali? I think just about. <laughs> Until last year, I hadn't been, but now even I've been. Now so even you've been. Okay. So Seminyak is sort of, you know, where, where most people always sort of eat at least once when they're there. So these are two run-down villas. They both have pools in them. They're both three-bedroom. No one's renting them at this present moment, and no one's been renting them. Why? The owner hasn't found anyone that wants to rent or buy it off him because of the state that they're in. Both the pools are empty. They're just sitting there, and a friend, someone that we know over there, knows what we were looking for and said, hey, you've got to come and have a look at these properties. I know they'll still be there when we go back for our next trip and we're in communication. So what we're going to do, if it all comes about, is rent the both of them. The only thing about Bali is, is that you must pay for the rent up front for the 12 months. So, for example, if it's $20,000 for the year, 20000 Australian must be handed over and that's it. They don't care what you do to them. Wow. They don't care if you gut them. They don't care. All they worry about is their land. Yeah. So we figured that within a week, we could completely paint it, landscape it, and completely remodel these properties and get them onto Airbnb. Mm. And they would pay for themselves without a doubt, I'm sure we would. I might, I might give you some tips on how to research that. Thank you. I would really... No, I would really be, be thankful. So... Our general little database of what we've put in uh, shows that it would be highly profitable. Yeah. Mm. That's another interesting thing because everything over there is so affordable. Even shipping it back here, sometimes, you know, you say to yourself, oh, my gosh, you know, a container can cost now. Things just keep going up. Just under $6,000 for a 20-foot container, you know. So you have to be pretty sure that you really want it, Yeah, you know, about what you're doing and fill that container as much as what you can. But over there, it's just like walking down the street, I have that, 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 can you deliver it? Can you install it? Oh, and God. it's done, you know. Kathleen, 20000 a year seems a lot on a Balinese income. So would that normally be rented to a local, that house? Never. Okay, because that just doesn't seem... No, never. Yeah. None of these properties that you stay in when you're in Bali would belong to a local to live in. But the land belongs, belongs to the local. Yeah. yeah. So he might own a gang, you know, yeah. and have a strip of properties that have been there for 50 years old, each yeah. one, and he's sold them to the French or the Australian or whoever, and they Airbnb them or they stay in them themselves. Yeah. But no, definitely the locals live. So in terms of the length of the lease... Mm. Can you get options for more years? Five years. Okay. He's happy to go five, but I'm a bit scared to go five, just straight up. But can you have an option like one by one by one by one? We're going to talk further mm. about it. Because the risk is that if you do what you normally do and totally transform it, then obviously as a rental prospect it will be much more valuable. So what you don't want, I don't know, how much honour is there in business in Bali? That's, that's very true. So these are just things that we've just 
inquired about and we'd have to look into that. So if you took it out for five years, yes. would you have to pay five years rent up front? Yes, you would. Oh, blimey. Yes. So we're talking about 100 grand. Yes, that's the big thing over there. Yeah. Uh, it can go through your solicitor and all of that and it's mm. all done that yeah. way. We've got two friends that own two villas over there that they've bought. One paid 300000 for one and the other one paid nearly 600000 for one Australian Yeah, for 50-year leases. Wow. Yeah. And they Airbnb them out and just block it out when they want to go there. Okay. Yeah. And so is that what you would do? Would you stay in them too? Yeah, I just block it out. That 12 months will go relatively quickly. So we have to make our mind up on what we want to do. Yeah. And it was more of just a let's dip our foot in and see how this goes. You know, I think I think we could fully renovate these three-bedroom villas in a week and would cost us about five grand. Great. But the ongoing issue over there where you talk about Airbnb and you become the host, well, and you might have someone do the cleaning, etc. You must employ a family over there to be the carer of that, to care for the landscaping and the swimming pool and the cleaning and the changing of the sheets and the security. You can't do that yourself. No. And how reliable would they be, like in terms of quality control? Yeah, you'd have to be onto them. Yeah. The friends at ours that do use them are consistently having issues with them. Mm. Uh, feedback from the people that are Airbnb, and it's hard when you're not there and you're in another country. Exactly. If we went ahead, I would use the people that they're using. Okay. Because yeah. they've built up a relationship, and generally they have just a few problems here and there. The majority of them are security. So people getting in and stealing things? Or? Yeah. Okay. Japanese coming over, getting in and stealing. That's why... Most of those villas have a security guard from 8 p.m. Okay. until sunrise. Okay. Yeah, they sleep outside. It's a different life. Yeah, it? yes. There are all those things. But I feel quite confident that I'd be happy, and as spoken to my husband together, we, this might sound flippant, but I'd be happy take that risk on that investment. Mm. But just for the 12 months. Like, you know, that's still X amount of dollars. But I don't think I could go five years. Like, yeah. here's five years and here's five years. Like, there's two hundred, there's quarter of a million dollars. No. I could probably buy something for 50 years for yeah, that, for that. further out, yeah. you know. Their prices aren't as low as what I've we noticed think. that, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the further you go out, the better you've got a, a price. But we, we stayed, when we were over there just recently, for example, we stayed in a place called Bingen, which is in Uluwatu, which is out towards the beautiful beaches areas. And a guy there had just purchased a block of land. When I say that, he'd taken a 99-year lease on a block of land to build three villas on. And that land cost him 60000 Australian. And he's going to build three villas on that which have to be built by the locals there's a lot of and it has to be the land has to be blessed and there's lots of controversy around all of that the only thing that concerns me over there is the price of energy we think ours has gone up but theirs is quite high Mm. and you'll never know what your bill would be so there's a lot of different things that you know we thought well do we want to do this and do we want to do two or do we want to just do one and go we tried that and i'd rather just go there and stay in a hotel or we tried it and it worked and we might do another one and if it works for us then great you know if i could get my money back from that 20 grand in that year and feel confident that 
it was a learning curve, then maybe I might let that go. So when you furnish them over there, what do you do with your furniture if that 12 months is up? Do I take it all out? Yeah, you do. They're not interested in keeping it, but then I'd have to have somewhere to take it to. Mm. Australia has also rules too that I could argue that it was my furniture, it's second hand, and I wouldn't bring it home. Yeah. It's not new and I'm importing it. You can do that and it's relatively cheap, but you've got to be damn sure that you're telling the truth, otherwise yeah. you'll be hit up for There's so many little loopholes, you know, know, so but we feel very, very comfortable there. It's sort of like falling into your own suburb. Once we arrive there, it's just like we've gone to Terrigal or something yeah. like that. So it doesn't concern me. It excites me. And we've made so many beautiful friends there. They're so talented, the Balinese. They're so placid. They're happy to help you. We could all talk about the bad things that have happened to us while traveling in Bali. But look, I just think that in this world, we all have to be generally trying to be happy with who we are and what we're doing. I just try and enjoy that. Yeah. I've got a good relationship with my husband sometimes where we both work off each other quite well. So, you know, he's the type of person that I could say, oh, wow, Chris, that's a beautiful, beautiful bed frame. He'd look at it. He'd go, do you really want it? I'd go, I'd love it. He'd make it. <laughs> like just, you know, he'd just make it and it would just be just like what I saw. So he's a very visual person as well even more so than I, than I, but he's too technical in his visualising, where I'm more, I, I feel I'm a bit more normal. Okay, so you've given us some really great insight into your life, and as a full-time renovator, and your relationship with Bali in terms of bringing a, a special sort of element to your renovations, and I really want to thank you for coming. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Oh, thank and you, Bernadette. Yeah. I love coming along and I love giving advice and listening and learning as well because Beautiful. there's so many amazing women out there that have such great ideas that we can all learn from each other and, um, like, nobody knows everything. So Absolutely. I no. fully agree with that. And I think, well... Certainly from my point of view, I want the women that listen to us to sort of take the inspiration from these conversations that we have with some of those amazing women and sort of maybe use that to build their courage to live their own dream. For sure, you know, and don't be afraid to bounce things off anyone. Any idea or any question is a good one. Exactly, yeah. No, so I mean, the other day I was talking technical things door hinges with my husband I was just like I want the door to open a certain way and he was like yeah well you'll need to have the door hinge this way I said well that that doesn't work for me because I don't want to see the hinge you know I aesthetically I think that looks ugly but I want the door to open this way. And I don't know about everyone else out there, but I had to sit down and draw it for him so he sort of understood what I was saying. But he taught me how to hang this door hinge. He did it in a way that it worked. And I was prepared to walk away and go, this is just not going to happen. But he sort of said, well, have you thought about hanging it this way? You know, I can hang your door that way and then you'll get the effect that you want. Great. I didn't know that, that we could do that. Well, maybe we could do that for this other door as well. It's like, yeah, sure, you, you want 
I can do that. Now I've got this thing in my head. Now I want every single door to hang that way yeah. that it does. But I wouldn't have known that. And he probably wouldn't have thought to have showed me that if I didn't see it somewhere else. So there's so many great materials out there too now. But I think the point there, and this is something that I've got a team of three women doing their first joint venture in EdgeCrest. They've got this gorgeous little apartment. And I just really noticed how much... You know how tradesmen sometimes take the path of least resistance? Absolutely. And like, as a woman that doesn't have a lot of experience with construction and renovating, you're really putting yourself out there on a limb, pushing them to do something that they say is not possible. And it was possible. And I just think we've really got to toughen up and just get a bit unreasonable and start pushing in. Like, a bit like you, you know, I want it this way. And you've got to figure out a way to do it. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I felt that plumber in some ways sort of compromised the, the end result a bit because he didn't keep the pipes close enough to the wall so that it ate too much of the room up. Mm. You think you've just got to really keep at them, don't you? You do. And yeah. don't be afraid. When I'm project managing someone else's project as well and I'm outsourcing pretty much everything yeah. and just project managing it, that in itself is a full-time job as well because if you – I swear that every time a trade that I'm using's phone rings, they turn it upside down and do not answer it for me because I ring them so many times I'm like a bad ex-girlfriend. I just keep ringing and ringing and ringing saying, you sure you're coming on Wednesday? Are you sure you'll be there? And, you know, it's, it's hard enough to get them there and when they are there, they're just on a mission of their standard job. Get in and get out. Yeah, they just want their standard job. But, you know, I'll sort of say to them, look, I want the washing machine taps because they're up high. I want them dropped down below. Why? Because it's the new design of the laundry and that's how I want it to go. Okay. All right, okay. Well, I'm not too sure until I take out the back of the wall. Oh, I know. That's okay. I'll take the back of the wall out for you. Just drop (laughs) the taps down. And I know, I can feel my ears are burning, my shoulders are burning because as soon as I leave the room, they're daggering me, you know. But it's not a big ask. Everyone now wants their taps from up down if they're doing it. You're gutting the whole place anyway. They're for a fit-off, but they just want to do what they want to do. So you really have to probably be just a bit forceful and say, you know, why why can't this be done? Don't let them push back because they've already quoted on the job. Exactly. Yeah. They've already quoted, and I think even now we're doing our own reno, and I've got a pretty good relationship with both the Sparky and the plumber. Even now they push me back and go to my husband to sort of go on. So yeah. I think it's a woman thing. We have to say, look, this is the plan and this is what I would like. I know it's possible. Yeah. Quote it on the job and do it. They'll, they'll just do it. Yeah. And also, too, I find even with the tilers, you change the way that you want something tiled, whether it be grout, for example. No, I didn't want that grout. Because the tiles are white, I wanted a darker grey, not the white. Oh, you didn't ask. Well, you didn't listen. It's written on the wall. So you really, really have to be on top of all of them and be a good project manager to yourself. Be yeah. true to yourself about and practice what you preach. I mean, I can sit here and say, do this and do that. We all sort of go, oh, my gosh, I didn't think about that or I did and I forgot about it. That's why I try hard to be one step at a time. Don't get overwhelmed by the whole project. It's like when I assist people when I'm staging and styling, a lot of those people need to declutter before I can stage and style. 
I'm also an overpaid cleaner because I feel I can't stage and style a dirty house. There's so many things that we, as women, and as trying to do the best that we can, just do one step at a time. I spent hours and hours with a woman just before Christmas, and she had a five-bedroom house in the Hills District, and all the children had grown up and left, and each room still had all of the children's stuff in it, and she'd never been in there like since they'd left and it was impossible for her to put her house on the market because you could hardly get into each of the rooms. So she hasn't sold a house because it hasn't gone to market yet because she's still nearly six months later decluttering. It's a big job and particularly if your heart's not in it. So you oh, get in and get out. Yeah, she just said, oh, you know, I've been given your number and can you come and stage my house? It's like, I can't even get into your house. Yeah. You really have to just take one step at a time and it all just comes together. Like she's actually done all of those five bedrooms, but the house is now cleared out, but it does need a bit of painting, yeah. new carpet, bits and pieces. So it does take time. Unless your home is already presentable to go to market, most people have lived in their houses for as many years and we all collect clutter. Yeah. Don't care who you are, even if you're the minimalistic woman of the year. We all collect clutter. We've got to we've got to declutter ourselves regularly. We do. All right. Well, listen. Now we're going to call it a day. So thank you for an awesome recount of day in the life of Kathleen Friedrich, <laughs> the renovator, oh, and lovely to much. have you once again. If you're interested in following Kathleen's work, you can go over to Instagram to. Uh, twisted underscore line and check it out and say hello yeah. to her and thank you for listening thanks uh, guys thanks yeah. for having me bernadette you're great. very welcome and remember if you would like to continue the conversation come over to she renovates the free facebook group where we chat about all things renovating this is the she renovates podcast to discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.